You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. And we are off. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Wednesday. Coming up, we begin with a look back about the NBA and some upsets in college basketball last night. Then at 640, oh, we're going to have some fun with this. We make a case for every team remaining in the NFC to win the conference. And during the 7 o'clock hour, we'll continue talking about the NFL while playing Read and React. The best of pop culture and sports intersects at 720 when Lucy Burge joins the show. And finally, during the 8 o'clock hour, our picks and leans for NBA Wednesday. Beck UL's Kate Constable drops by to hand by to hand out her picks, I should say, at 820. Then it is donkster time at 820 or 845. Good morning, Chelsea. How are you? Good morning. We're already halfway through the week, are we not? Yeah. It we feels are. like we're on a stretch where we have had a lot of short weeks. So I'm really loving it. So, you know, we've only worked two days after today, but then tomorrow's Thursday, which is AKA Little Friday. Then we have Friday, which is football Friday. Or what did what did you call Fridays? The Friday Good Times oh, edition. Oh God. Yeah, it's the all oh, your oh my God. I was expecting some long drawn out sentence. That's the closest you've been ever. It's the Friday morning good time edition. Oh, so we are Ooh. rolling right along. Look at these yes. mental gymnastics I'm doing to get through the work week. But I think today it's supposed to be like the coldest it's been uh, in quite some time. I think the high or excuse me, the low is supposed to be like two degrees, which is wild for here. Like this oh is Nashville, not no Alaska. So I don't know if you guys are getting this, but (laughs) it has felt like I am in a different world. We have like a foot of snow on the ground. It's nice and it feels different because I'll say Mm -hmm. this. It feels like sometimes in the middle of January, you're stuck in the hamster wheel. It's 37 degrees out. It's not cold enough to snow, but it's not warm enough to do anything outside. So uh, I'm kind of liking the snow. But I'm just wondering, where does it all go? Am I just going to have like puddles of snow in my yard? It's going to be Where gross, does snow right? go? Into the ground. It's <laughs> going to melt and then it's going to go into the ground and then you'll be fine. I got to say, I think this snow has honestly energized you based on what I've seen. It looked like you had a winter wonderland over the weekend. 
That's what I'm saying. Uh, and yeah. it's not over the weekend. It's now. That's the wildest thing. It feels like a weekend, but it's during the week. So it's something out of the ordinary. We've been enjoying it. But again, I am dreading when the snow melts because there's a lot of it. And have you ever uh. seen those roads after like a lot of snow that's kind of old? Like I remember my family's from Kansas. So we would okay. fly into Kansas City. And they would just have these like mounds of snow just pushed up. They're just these gross brown and gray colors. And you're like, ugh, that looks gross. So I'm wondering when we're going to turn into that. So you are complaining about the brown sludge on the roads because you care about public safety and you've always been someone who wants to make sure everyone gets as easy a commute to work as possible. Am I hearing you correctly? Well, I'm just saying it looks like a winter wonderland now where everything's white and untouched and beautiful. Yeah, it does get gross. But that's yeah, that's the point I'm trying to make. It's just it's going to be gross at some point because it is going to get a little warmer throughout the week. But that's probably enough snow talk and enough weather talk. We can move on. No, 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 no. I want to start every segment with snow talk. We'll talk about the sludge. We'll talk about flurries. We'll talk about ice. We'll talk about the one question I think is bothering us all, which you brought up. Where will this snow go? When will it just leave and go away? Probably into the ground. Chelsea, one thing that you can't complain about is, once again, your college basketball best bet coming home last night. Well done. Yeah, it was a late night affair, so I didn't even get to like oh. follow it. Had New Mexico over Utah State and uh, had a minus five and a half didn't even get the best number still was a winner new mexico wins 99 86 that is their second ranked win of the year number 16 utah state goes down entering this game with a 15 game win streak i think the lesson learned after this one is number one when you see a team that is unranked mm -hmm. who is laying a large amount of points which i would say five and a half is like a sizable number against a team yeah. that's ranked that should be your first sign. So I went from there and took home the dub. So no complaints here. Well done once again. I had a couple winners on the ice last night. As sends over six and a hook. Man, the ass all over the Senator 7-4. So that was an easy win when it comes to the old stick and puck. Also, the Jets on the three-way money line at minus 120. And the Jets went in regulation 4-2 to two over the aisles. One on one night for the Dogster. Had Kings money line against the Stars. Stars won 5-1. That was a loss, but was laying 14.5 with the Alabama Crimson Tide hosting Missouri in SEC play. Bama wins 93-75. So it is early, but thus far, Chelsea, you are 1-0. I am 2-0, and the Dogster is 2-2. Two two. It is a daily tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Please send me a robe. Let's start with what we saw on the hardwood last Tuesday. I'm going to hammer that home for 2024. If you're already tired of me talking about wearing a robe, guess what? It's going to happen every day, at least once a day for 365 days. I'm getting that in. I'm going to hammer them into submission. Last night in Phoenix, the Suns didn't exactly hammer the Kings, but they got it done. 119-111. The Kings were getting four and a half. Suns minus 175 on the money line. Total set at 244 at bet MGM. The under hits. Suns were down 22 in the fourth quarter. They end this game on a 23-4 run. 
Grayson Allen, of all people, leads the team with 29 points, including nine three-pointers. And then Kevin Durant with 27 for Phoenix, including two free throws to win the game with 1.8 seconds to play. They asked KD after the game, how did you make this incredible rally in the fourth? And he said, quote, I have no clue. But they won. Right. This is basketball sometimes. Imagine having the Kings and thinking, ooh, we are smooth sailing down the stretch. And then this run happens. And you are holding on to the back of your seat and saying, oh, no, we're not going to cover, are we? Uh, but the Kings did the, get the cover, I should say. But the Suns have looked a lot better as of late. Three straight wins for Phoenix and two of those coming on the road. One of those was against the Blazers, so that didn't really mean a ton. But still, this is a Suns team that we know has super high-end potential. So I'm not sure if this is like a statement win or anything, but still a good one to show some resiliency in this team. Yeah, nice job. All three of the big three played. It's weird to see Grayson Allen leading the team. I just hate Grayson Allen. Does anyone really like Grayson Allen, by the way? By the by, as they used to say. He's been very good in the NBA. But I don't know a single person who didn't go to Duke who enjoys old Grayson Allen. Well, normally he's the guy to play props with if one of the big three are missing. But yeah. all the big three played. So it's crazy to see the role that he has uh, filled on this team. So like him or hate him, you know, he's scoring points for the Suns and is a key role down the stretch because that's what – I think you have to pay attention to with some of these teams that are contenders. It's not just mm -hmm. the biggest players on the team. It is the role players. And, you know, it's hard to call a guy that scored 29 points a role player, but you have yeah. to have some depth. And hasn't that been the issue for the Phoenix Suns is when they traded everybody away, you said, okay, this is a team that doesn't have any depth. So at least they have Grayson Allen. Well, Matt's saying in the chat that Emma Stone said goodbye to Grayson on her way out the other night. Was that a bye or was it a bye? There's a difference. I don't know. Matt, you're going to have to well, clarify that. Well, she's from that. Phoenix, so she's probably a Suns fan. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I guess it was cordial then. Oh, okay, she's a big Suns fan. I did not realize that. Well, I like I like Emma Stone. I like that she's a basketball fan. The fact that she's a Grayson Allen fan, eh, We'll work that out. To Aaron Fox, paces the Kings last night with 33 in the loss. Let's go back across the country. Sixers topping the Nuggets 126-121. The Sixers laying a point and a half. Sixers minus 135 on the money line at BetMGM. Your total set at 232 and a half. The over hits. Huge game between the last two MVPs of the NBA. Joel Embiid plays for the second straight night, scores 41 points, grabs Seven rebounds, hands out 10 assists. Nikola Jokic goes for 25, 19 rebounds, and three assists. But Philly gets the win, and then I don't know if you saw this after the game, but Embiid pulled Jokic aside and told him, you, Nikola Jokic, you are the best player in the NBA. So whether you believe that or not, that is up for discussion because obviously Joel Embiid is the reigning MVP, but I thought it was a very nice gesture and something I would not expect. It is very nice, but what do you think Nikola Jokic's reaction was? Thanks. I'm going to go see my horses. <laughs> like, <laughs> I bet he FaceTimed his horses after that and didn't even think twice. Because, yeah, it's a nice sentiment, uh, yeah. but it's easy to say that also when your team won the game. 
Like, it's easy to be in a great mood right. uh, when your team won the game. But this was a game where the line was sinking all day long because I think mm-hmm. this line was a little bit longer when we did the show. It was four and a half, maybe three and a half. And I think a lot of it had to do with the health of the Nuggets. Uh, most of their main players were saddled with question marks going into into this one but they all played looked like they all contributed but the Sixers have been really solid at home this year and I think the takeaway is when you have two stars that are going head to head and especially one star that's kind of petty we kind of knew that we were going to see fireworks from both of these superstars and we absolutely did like you said a huge game from Joel Embiid 41 points 10 assists and seven rebounds. How about that? Filling out the stat sheet, kind of like Nicole Jokic does. Uh, and then speaking of 25 uh, points, 19 rebounds, and uh, 10 assists, or excuse me, three assists for Nikola Jokic. So do you believe in that narrative moving forward that when you have two really big superstars going head-to-head mm-hmm. that you either take the over or the over on the points props for the stars? I think it's something to factor in for sure because you know that but but it also depends on the player too like you were asking earlier how do you think Nikola Jokic responded well they asked him after the game are you looking forward to potentially meeting Joel Embiid again in June of course meaning the NBA finals and what did Jokic say I'm not playing Joel I'm playing the team I'm playing the Sixers exactly so yeah so Maybe Joel Embiid takes more motivation. I I just think they're built differently, right? Joel Embiid feels Mm -hmm. like the guy that you would probably bet on his points prop because he wants wants to prove something. And not just winning the MVP, he's still looking for a championship where Nikola Jokic has already proven all these things, and I think he just approaches things differently. But they asked him about that last night, and yeah, he was just like, it's the team, it's not Joel. So (laughs) there's your answer, I think, right there. Look at Embiid and not Jokic. Back out to the West Coast, where the Clippers beat the Thunder last night, 128-117. The Clippers were laying 6, minus 240 on the money line, and the total set at 240 as the over hits. It was Paul George's night. Drops a season-high 38 points to go along with seven rebounds and five assists. He also scores 11 of L.A.'s final 14 points in this game. James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, each with 16. And the Clippers continue to roll. They have now won nine of their last 11 games overall. Are you a believer in the Clippers now? Because I was someone who derided them immediately when they brought in James Harden. I did not think... It was going to work. There's no guarantee it will, but certainly the early results are that this is going to be a formidable team down the stretch if they're healthy. Well, that's always been the caveat if they're healthy. Yeah. Because it's usually we don't know when Kawhi Leonard's playing. We don't know when Paul George is playing. Because when they first uh, got these two together, not even including James Harden, you know, these mm-hmm. are two really solid players and a great one-two punch. It's just we haven't seen a ton of them together. So I, I think that we've always known that the potential is certainly there. Look at Kawhi Leonard. It felt like he almost single-handedly will Toronto to a title. Now, obviously, there were other guys on the team, but you get what I am saying. Uh, but I think the takeaway from this specific game is I don't know if SGA is hurt or what because I didn't get to watch all of this game. But still, the last two games, something has looked a little off with uh, SGA. Uh, I don't know if he's nursing some kind of injury, but the numbers aren't quite as popping off the screen 
as they normally are. And I think that's why we saw this line fluctuate throughout the day. Opened at, what, five and a half, went up to six? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sure did. And I I kind of like the Clippers in this one, but then I kept going back to, I can't fade the Thunder. I can't fade the Thunder. And I think, ultimately, I came to the conclusion, I can't fade the Thunder if FGA plays in this game. And Shea Gilgis-Alexander only had 19, so a bit of an off night for him, but it also shows you how much scoring production he has put forth this season when he only drops 19 points. Coming up next here on the show, it is time to put on our college basketball caps and look back at a massive night on the hardwood on Tuesday and some upsets to boot. That is on the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Wednesday. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the show. The Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Hope you're having a fantastic Wednesday morning. I'm Michael Jenkins live in D.C. She is Chelsea Messenger live in Nashville, Tennessee. We are talking college basketball here on the show in just a bit. Chelsea, this is the worst. I at home am out of coffee. And so I woke up this morning. I know. And I had a little bit left over from yesterday, which I don't really like heating up coffee from the previous day it works but it's not great and so Catherine had some of this protein coffee because she's been on a health kick she went to the gym yesterday and I was like so this protein coffee how is it she's like well you put a couple scoops and then you stir it up with water and I was like well can you heat it up she's like no you have to keep it cold I was like "Ah, all right well I'll just I'll just hold off until I get to work And then I walk into the break room, and the coffee machine here is broken. What does it take to get some coffee? Now I'm drinking Red Bull out of this tumbler or monster energy drink, whatever, and it's just not the same. So I got to go upstairs later and get some, I guess, iced Starbucks from the vending machine or whatever. Can a man just get a hot cup of coffee? Can't there be a diner around anything? I'm dying right now. Dying. No coffee anywhere to be found. I was going to say, because there is caffeine up there. They have like the Frappuccinos that they're like, oh, this is Starbucks coffee. And then you're like, 460 calories. What do they have in here? A whole can of sugar? I don't understand how those things are so many calories, but I will say they are very tasty. And maybe that's because they are 460 calories or whatever they are. But at least you have caffeinated options because I think that's the worst is when you have no caffeine in the household and you're like, oh, my God, I've got to do this show cold turkey. This is the worst. I understand the need for hot coffee, especially when it's very cold. This is the coldest time of year. So I totally get that. But at least you have something to get you going. It could be worse. You could be getting Uh, like a Diet Coke for caffeine and be like, please, this one little morsel of (laughs) caffeine. Get me going through the day. Yeah, this monster's doing nothing for me. I still feel like I'm half asleep. 
Oh, I'm dying right. And then That's you're right you about problem. that. It's not I a me you, problem. You drink too much caffeine. I feel like I you're drink too just used to enough. It. Chelsea, it's not my fault. <laughs> Double D. <laughs> Double D put in the chat, find some jolt. Do you remember Jolt Cola? Twice the caffeine, twice the sugar. This is probably before your time. Oh. Yeah. Jolt Cola we was no joke. Oh, Surge. Give me a break. Or That's Four like, Loco. Now there, now we're talking. Surge, <laughs> I won't listen to that. Four Loco, yeah, that's the real deal. I remember Jolt. I used to chug some Jolt. Uh, Jolt, it was the the red can with like the lightning strike. It said Jolt on it. And of course, this came out in what, the 80s? Of course it did. And so- 1985. Would, 90, oh, perfect. Thank you, Bill. 1985. So of course, I'm a teenager in 1985. Of course, I would chug Jolt Cola thinking, eh, this would give me the extra energy I need. Oh, my God. But you know what, though? I would die for some Jolt Cola right now. Let's see if we can get that. They don't make that anymore. There's no way. No way. Four years ago. Okay. It lasted until 2019. Did it really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's incredible. That's like I was talking about Tab Cola finally died like two or three years ago, and there's a whole group trying to get Tab to come back, scheduled a meeting with Coca-Cola. It's insane. Do you have anything that you drink besides coffee that gets you going, Chelsea, at all? You mean with caffeine? Yeah. Anything I should know about? Uh, You're the expert. Nothing. I No, because I like the taste of coffee. Like, I would rather get my caffeine from coffee because I look forward to it every day. And mm -hmm. here's the worst thing is when you go to Dunkin' or Starbucks, which normally point the finger at you duncan when they mess up mm -hmm. your coffee and you're like oh my god this is the highlight of my entire day and you couldn't remember to put cream in it i am giving this back you are getting this right because this is my treat damn it do you ever feel that way like irrationally angry when they mess up your coffee order yes any order that messes up i'm like guys here's the thing it's like like, I need a Diet Coke whenever I order DoorDash or whatever. I know it sounds dumb. Catherine and I are Diet Coke fiends. We drink it all the time, which is not the healthiest thing. But I'll, like, we'll be out of Diet Coke, and then we'll order something out, and we're like, get get a couple Diet Cokes. And then they don't include that in the order. I'm like, you got to be kidding. you got to be kidding. Double D drinks water only. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm I like you. If I like want that. something, like I used to I not like you drink still coffee. Are. Well, I mean, I drink water. Like I do. <laughs> like it is included in my diet. <laughs> uh, but I used to be somebody who did not drink coffee. I was a mm. late in life coffee type of gal. So now that okay. I drink it, I really love it. But I should say I don't drink black coffee. Like when I make my coffee, uh. it is the, a delectable treat. I have creamer, I have whipped cream. So it's Whoa. coffee, but it's kind of like my treat. So that's why I get mad when they mess it up. Like it's one thing when you it. mess up a fast food order, cause I understand that is a high stress job. 
There are a lot of people. You have a big menu. But at Dunkin' Donuts, half the time they don't even have donuts. And I'm like, you know what the name of your store is, right? Like, we don't have any donuts. I'm like, are you going to make any more? And they're like, no. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh, can I have an iced coffee with cream? And they hand you an iced coffee yeah. and it doesn't have cream. I'm like, I wanted one thing in my coffee. I ordered one thing. It feels like this shouldn't be that hard. But yeah, it's these like moody high schoolers that just hand you your coffee. And they're like, I ordered cream. And they just stare at you. I'm like, are yeah. we going to do this? I'll do this. No. You want to go? I'll do a stare down. Take my coffee yeah. back now. You want one of these? Want one of these bows? <laughs> How about one of those? All right. How about that? Chelsea, I guess we got to talk some college basketball. I guess. Cincinnati gave TCU one of those. Mm, number 19 TCU last night in Cincinnati. They win 81-77. Cincinnati was laying three and a half. Cincinnati minus 180 on the money line. Total set at 180 and a hook. The over hits. Dan Skilling, a go-ahead layup with 22 seconds to play, giving the Bearcats the victory. Day-Day Thomas with 21. John Newman, the third, scores 20. It is the fourth straight-ranked opponent the Bearcats had faced, and they forced 19 turnovers. The real key in this one from TCU, that is a season high for the Horny Toads. Yeah, uh, I always like to see if Kim Pom got it right because I do a lot of my predictions by looking at Kim Pom. Kim Pom, Kim Pom actually got this one pretty spot on. They had Cincinnati winning by three, and what do you know? They won mm. by four points, but in overtime, though. Uh, so we'll see if some of these continue to hold strong. I continue to live in the mid-majors. So I haven't watched a ton of some of these major conferences, but Jenks, it's starting to be that time of year where we need to get to studying because March Madness is not that far away. It's January 17th. So winter conference tournaments, the end of February, like we got to start really cramming. I know nothing about college basketball. Trevian Tennyson, 17 points. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Watch me watch me tell the story of this next game like I know what I'm talking about. You ready for this? Kansas State takes care of number nine Baylor last night, 68-64 in overtime. K-State laying a point and a half. K-State minus 130 on the money line. Total set at 141 and a half. And, of course, it's my guy, Arthur Kaluma, converting a four-point play with 20 seconds remaining to finally give the Wildcats the lead. And I say that because Kansas State scores the final seven points in this game as former Baylor assistant Jerome Tang improves to 3-0 and against his former team. If you're looking for someone, some team that is battle-tested, the Wildcats have already won five overtime games this season and 10 in the past two Years. Oh, I'm getting myself ready for March Madness as we speak. See, you don't know nothing. You know a lot, at least about Big 12 basketball. Seemed like last year in the Big 12, it was hard to take road teams, if I am remembering correctly. And there are a lot of tough places to play in the Big 12. Do you think the Big 12 is as strong in basketball this year as it was maybe last year? And also, have you been following Texas? Texas, could they have a great year all around in all sports? All right. Well, Texas has a great athletics program. I mean, it really does. So you can say, oh, you're being biased. But across the board, they have a top 25 basketball team. They're great in football. They just won the national championship in volleyball. They just won the national championship in swimming. (sighs) So Texas generally has. No, no, I'm just saying if you're asking me, 
about the athletic program, yeah, they tend to have great athletics. This year's team, I'm not really sold on compared to last year's team. And I'm starting to dip my toe in the water as far as Texas basketball is concerned. But I do think coaching-wise, there was a step down from Chris Beard to Rodney Terry. We'll see how that plays out. And also, the reason why I have some of these notes is because Bill Rowland, our producer, put some of them in for me. So I can't like take full credit like this is coming off the top of my head because it's not Chelsea. How about Penn State? Double D's, Penn State, Nittany Lions, edging number 11, Wisconsin, 87-83. Penn State getting five and a half points. Penn State plus 215 on the money line. Total set at 144 and a half. The over hits at BetMGM. Kanye Clary, 27 points for the Nittany Lions. Ace Baldwin, 20 points and five assists. And head coach Mike Rhodes with his first ever AP Top 25 win since taking over the program in Happy Valley. And even better for Penn State students, they got a rare snow day off yesterday, and then they get to go and watch their team take home the victory against the Badgers. Yeah, this was a big upset win. Uh, Kim Mm -hmm. Palm had Wisconsin winning this one by 10 points. I think when it comes to handicapping college basketball, I am really afraid to take road teams. Do you think this is a very simplistic thing of me to say? But, like, look at some of these games and some of these upsets that we are seeing. You know, even teams that are not Mm -hmm. supposed to be hanging with the road team. It just feels to me right now I am very afraid to take road favorites. I will stick with either home favorites or home doggies. Home doggies. Well, I got to say... For all of the, you know, all of the hubbub we've been making in this segment about not following college basketball, you followed it quite a bit. I think that really applies to me more than anyone else. Like, I'm just now starting to say, all right, I've got to brush up on college hoops because it's not something I paid a ton of attention to yet. I will, obviously, just in general and also for the sake of this show. But you've been betting basketball for a few weeks now. Well, I'm doing mid-majors. So when we're doing these top 25 teams, Mm -hmm. these are not the teams that I've been following. Because I think during the regular season, I think it's tough to say when you have more value. Like, that is such a Mm catch-all term. But it feels like you can find some better numbers when it comes to the mid-majors. So that's kind of why I am sticking with those teams that you kind of haven't heard of. But listen, March is around the corner, so I've got to start watching some of these games. But do you think it's harder when you just switch around all the time? Because I think that's the toughest part of, number one, getting into regular season college hoops, and Mm -hmm. number two, handicapping it. It's because it's like a different team on TV every single night. Because number one, it's hard to get into a team if you don't get to watch all their games. So, like, you have these different top 25 games on every night, and unless you're watching every game, It just feels like it's whip around coverage. We're like, okay, I've seen one game of this team. I've seen one game of this team. And that's why I think it makes it really difficult because the best advice I've still gotten is you try to specialize as much as possible if you're handicapping games. You want to narrow the sample size and narrow the field as much as you can because it's a lot harder when you have like a thousand moving pieces. So I think that's Mm -hmm. why it's difficult for me to – you know, get into college basketball as a whole. I am into my team, but when it comes to all of these teams, the top 25, I think it's kind of tough to handicap all of them. I think that's a very good point. Why basketball is difficult to handicap in the first place, and especially college basketball, I feel like maybe there's a little more variance there as well. The Badgers, we should say, even in that loss, become the final Big Ten team to lose a conference game, dropping to 5-1. and Finally, 
Out West, number 20, BYU tops number 24, Iowa State. 87-72. BYU was favored by four in this game. BYU minus 175 on the money line. The over-under at that MGM. 144 and a hook. The over hits. Spencer Johnson leading the Cougars with 28 points as he shoots 62% from the field, carding his third 30-point game of the season. Cougars get their first ever win against Iowa State in program history. They were 0-6 beforehand. And this will become a theme come tournament time fading the Mountain West, which I feel like has been profitable over the past few years. Yeah, but in the tournament. So BYU with a big win here. I think mm-hmm. this line was really telling because immediately off the top, you see Iowa State, who didn't they just beat Houston? A team that, you know, had a really mm-hmm. big win. You're getting four points here. But Iowa State at home and Iowa State on the road are two different teams. And you look at BYU. Anytime you are playing a game out west, which I believe this has elevation involved, the state of Utah feels like a really tough place to play. So the line was your red flag there. Very good call. Keyshawn Gilbert leads the way for Iowa State with 16, but they shoot just 36% in the second half. Coming up next on the show, we've got four teams remaining in the NFC. Can we make a case for each one to win the conference? We're going to try. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. It is a daily tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. I'm Michael Jenkins live in D.C. She is Chelsea Messenger live in the Music City. Coming up, we make the case for each of the remaining teams in the NFC to win the conference. Chelsea, you told me about this story. And wow, it is pretty bad. Yesterday, a reporter asked... Tampa Bay head coach Todd Bowles, how his team was preparing to get acclimated to the weather in Detroit. Think about that for a second. Because the Lions have played in a dome for almost 50 years. Maybe if they were in a new stadium, you think, all right, easy mistake to make. It's just happened. And... Todd Bowles was very nice. You know how head coaches can go off. And Todd Bowles was very kind and said, you know, we play indoors, right? They've got a dome. But that is a terrible question. Oh, my God. If I asked that question, I would just put my head down, slink out of the room, quit my job as a reporter, and go to Starbucks and apply there and make you those delicious coffees that you like. That's what I would do. Oh, man. I don't know if that's easier. Starbucks is kind of hard. Maybe oh, you can go hard. to Dunkin' and just join the like moody teenage girls and say, we don't have any donuts. <laughs> well, you're Dunkin' Donuts. You don't have any donuts? No. We might have some munchkins in the back. Like, cool. They sound fresh. 
Um, but you haven't asked a stupid question before. I'm not saying this question was like warranted and obviously I'd be yeah. super embarrassed too, but we all have little missteps where you're not yeah, even thinking sure. about something. Like think about this reporter, like best case scenario, they are cramming. They are looking at every metric and then they forget like the most basic of ones that, oh, mm -hmm. you're playing indoors. You totally forgot. I think there's been an instance of this before. There is a viral reel of, I think it's an Eagles player at the Super Bowl, at Super okay. Bowl Media Day, where he has been fed all of these questions, kind of rapid fire, mm -hmm. and they ask him about, like, playing in Minnesota. And, of course, the game's indoors, and he has this really, like, smart-ass answer. And they're like, well, what about getting to the game? It's going to be, like, minus five. He's like, we're going to be indoors. We're going to be in cars. So it's probably <laughs> not the first time somebody has, like, slipped up and forgot yeah. a team is playing indoors. Can you ever, can you think of a moment in your career where you <sighs> asked or you said something that was really stupid? Cause I can think of like several for me. <laughs> There's not one that pops off the top of my head, but I'm quite sure that I have. I would not, I would not sit here and tell you with a straight face. Oh, I've never asked a bad question. That's absolutely not true. I don't remember. I can I can remember absolutely my worst moment on the air when I mispronounced or I didn't mispronounce I got the name of a girl who had been murdered oh, I don't want to give this out I know but I I said the name wrong and the name it wasn't mispronounced but it was the wrong name and not only was it the wrong name it was the name of someone famous or famous enough where that's where I got confused in my head. I was just typing it out and I was like, do, 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 and didn't really think about it. And oh my, I can remember once I said it and then I corrected it. But I can tell you that just in that moment, I felt my heart drop like, oh my God, this is and that has always stuck with me like easily the worst moment where I was live on air and had to correct it. Thank God I corrected it. But as far as just like out and out asking a question, nothing pops into my head. But I think it happens to the best of us, even though this is pretty, you know, this is not great. It's not great. Um, right. I am thinking of one instance that I think of to this day, to mm -hmm. this day. I confidently, confidently said that Trevor Bauer was a lefty. Like, for some reason, I thought he was a left-handed pitcher. And I was going on and on about, you know, right, righty-lefty splits. You know, he's a southpaw. And then after the segment, I was, like, watching. And I was like, oh, my God. He's not a left-handed pitcher. What am I thinking? And I know this seems, like, super specific and maybe not quite as, you know, obvious to people who don't, like, follow yes. baseball. But, like, I'm a baseball person. And the fact that I went into the weeds with the righty-lefty yeah. splits – I think about that to this day, and that was years ago. Chelsea, if that's the one thing that stands out to you, you are cruising. Because I feel oh, like that's something that's... Oh, that's easy, <laughs> though. Plenty. I mean, I'm not saying that, of course, you want to get it right. I'm not advocating for incorrect information. But I am saying that if one of the worst things you've ever done is call a righty a lefty, I've done... I do that all the time. I got no... I mean, that's... Holy Lord. The comparison between that and saying how are you preparing for the Lions and the weather this weekend? Ah, you're on easy street. 
Well, the reporter had a chance to fix it themselves and be like, ah, trick question. You were prepared mm-hmm. for the weather. It's indoor weather. So obviously they didn't know that. Um, but I don't know. Like, all you can do is laugh. Like, would you yeah, really true. quit your job if you asked this question? No. You <laughs> no. would feel really bad no. about it, and you would try to do better next time, and you would hopefully learn from it. And always do your homework before asking a question. Yeah, that's very true. You're not wrong about that. Ooh, also, there is the possibility, I've seen this happen numerous times, where if a a news station is is stretched thin or sports is on I'll assignment a somewhere... Reporter. Oh, they'll send a news reporter. I've seen mm-hmm. that happen numerous times. And then the news reporter asks something that they think, hey, this should be a good sort of boilerplate question to ask the head coach, and then they get it wrong. So that's always a possibility as well. Regardless, we'll forget about it in a couple hours, probably before this show is over. Chelsea, let's make a case for each and every single team remaining in the NFC and why that particular team can make the playoffs. I'm starting with you. I can't wait to hear these arguments. Tampa Bay Bucks. Why can the Buccaneers win the NFC? Oh, starting off hot with the most mm-hmm. difficult question of the bunch. Well, you see how Baker Mayfield's playing right now? If mm-hmm. that continues, I think the Bucks have a shot. The question is, can he do it against secondaries that are not the Philadelphia Eagles? and not playing at home within the friendly confines of a you know a place that has no weather issues as well uh so i think that's the case for tampa bay i will say their next matchup against detroit is another secondary that can be beaten detroit giving up the second most yards per attempt of any defense against the pass in the nfl so if baker mayfield is cruising and you have that core of receivers Looks like Tampa Bay should be able to put up some points. The next round is when it gets kind of tricky to, you know, defend Tampa Bay moving forward because obviously if they beat the Lions, it's on to whoever wins the Packers and the Niners Mm -hmm. game. Like maybe there's a chance in hell that the Packers win that game, but then you've got their secondary and Jair Alexander, who's one of the best uh, secondary defenders in the entire NFL. So I don't think that's a great matchup either. So even if the Bucks pull off the improbable and pull off the upset in Detroit, the NFC Championship, I think, is going to be real tough because that's probably not going to be a home game. I guess if the Packers win, they would get a home game, right? Like the, the Bucks are the lower yes. seed than the, the Packers. Yes. So I guess, you know, best case scenario, you get a home game in the NFC Championship against the Packers. But do we really see two upsets in the divisional round? I feel like that's asking for a lot. No, I agree. I would approach all of these like a lawyer. Like, are you aware that Baker Mayfield threw for more than 300 yards and three touchdowns last week against the Eagles and no Tampa Bay quarterback has ever done that? Uh, No, no, Mr. Jenkins, I'm not. Well, do you believe that Tom Brady is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield? Uh, Yes, I do. Well, if Baker Mayfield has already done something that Tom Brady could not accomplish, is it out of the realm of possibility that just maybe he could also win a Super Bowl. Nope, nope, nope. That's fine. I'm done here. Okay, let's do another one. Comparing to Tom Brady? Chelsea, did you really take a scene from Law & Order seriously? Please tell me you did not buy into that. I was acting like a lawyer. Absolutely. I'm not saying that. I know. I was trying to make a case. You lost me We're making cases. Well, yes. It's a tough case. 
Uh, yes, it's a tough one. Not all cases are winnable. You just got to throw them out there, right? That's my job. That's what I'm hired to do is make a case. Make a case for the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions. They've been a great offense all season long. They've got a veteran quarterback in Jared Goff. And doesn't it just feel like it's been building in Detroit? So if you have any offense that maybe can go toe-to-toe with the San Francisco 49ers, maybe this is it. And maybe this is the team that's been flying under the radar just a little bit. Like how many people are going to look at Jared Goff and say, oh, this is the quarterback that's going to take down the San Francisco 49ers? Probably on the road. Probably not, but still, this is a solid team. So uh, I am not somebody who is going to put my money on the Lions, but would I be Mm -hmm. absolutely falling out of my seat if the Lions win the NFC title? Not really. I think there's actually a case for the Lions to win it here. Chelsea, do you believe that Dan Campbell is intimidating? That he might be able to break your kneecaps? Yes. Could he? Yes. Probably. And is it is it unreasonable to assume that if he could break your kneecaps, that he could break someone else's kneecaps, and that intimidation could lead to perhaps a victory for the Detroit Lions? I do. I rest my case. Green Bay Packers, what do you think? <sighs> the way Jordan Love's playing right now. And mm-hmm. I think it's a little square to just look at each quarterback and say, okay, this is the case. But it is the most important position on the field. But this goes two ways because it's not just the quarterback play for Green Bay that's been really good. It's been Aaron Jones uh, running yeah. behind that line of scrimmage and also being really effective in the run game. When you have a young quarterback and the run game's going, it takes a ton of pressure off the quarterback position when you can run the ball effectively. And also, that secondary, that defense, making some big plays last game. Granted, a lot of it was the Cowboys choking. But this is a team that is young, that is not playing with a ton of pressure. I think Green mm-hmm. Bay is playing with house money, and maybe that is their path to the title. Do you believe in ghosts very quickly? Mm, maybe. Huh. I think so. Maybe the ghost of Vince Lombardi comes back and leads the Packers to victory. I rest my case. Coming up next year on the show, we will analyze the NFL postseason as only we can and play read and react. That is next on the Daily Tip from BetQL. Presented by BetMGM. Sarah Tip. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.